Outside of the pandemic, the dominant story in state house circles throughout Illinois politics, of course, has been the federal investigation looking into Commonwealth Edison, now AT&T, knocking on House Speaker Mike Madigan's doorstep. That produced a press release this week from the campaign of our next guest. He is Charlie McGorry. He is the Republican running in the 96th House District, the seat currently held by Democratic Representative Sue Shearer. Charlie McGorry joins us live on the program this afternoon. Thanks for the time. Great to talk to you. Really appreciate it. No problem. It's uh, it's great to be here with you, Jim. Well, since this is uh, our first time getting to talk to you and letting our listeners hear from you, give us a bit of your history, uh, what you've done up until this point, and why you're now interested in running for the Illinois General Assembly. Oh, it's uh, I've got quite a long list the uh, list of uh, accomplishments, I guess you'd call them. I've uh, spent 25 and a half years on the Decatur Fire Department and retired as a captain. Before that, I was almost uh, 10 years of Firestone Tire and Rubber's production supervisor. After leaving the fire department uh, due to a disability, I have helped start up four businesses, and uh, you know, three of them are still running. One of them was a, a restaurant called McGorry's Golf and Grill. It, we worked for four years, and I had to close down because we got uh, so far behind on bills. A lot of things go into uh, running an independent restaurant, but it was a, a great lesson, although it was very costly. Uh, this spring, I came back, and uh, a friend said that uh, he needed some help in uh, getting, uh, I guess you'd have to say, things changed in Springfield. So he asked me if I would uh, think about running for the House of Representatives. I told him, uh, give me about a week, and I'll give you a decision. And I, after discussion with my wife, we decided it was something that I could probably do a very good job at. Yeah, you didn't run in the primary, so you actually decided after that, and and was essentially at the at the urging of people you know to to make the entry into the race. Then that's correct. Uh, there were several people who wanted to ask me last year, but my wife was unfortunate and came down with uh, breast cancer, oh, no. stage four uh, metastatic, and they didn't feel it was uh, appropriate to ask me to throw my name in the hat so that I would get into the primary. It just it wouldn't have worked out. I would not have been able to say yes at the time because there are a lot more things that are important than that. Do, uh, do you mind my asking how she, how she yeah. doing now? She is doing great. Good. She is uh, she's a tough gal. She's got a great uh, attitude. She's worked real hard. We've worked real hard with uh, diet, exercise, that kind of stuff, and she's really healthy. She's really kind of surprised the doctors that she's pulled pulled through as well as she has right now. That's a, that's so great to hear. With, yes. Finished with all of her treatments. Uh, she's looking good. Her hair's returned. Her attitude's great, and we're looking forward to several more years. Well, that's that's so wonderful. Thank you we, for asking. That was absolutely. Wonderful. We we wish her all the best. And and she must be a remarkable woman to say, yeah, go ahead and run for the legislature because it, it's a thankless job to run, <laughs> much much less to serve. Uh, let, let's get into a little bit of the campaign then. And I want to start with the okay. press release that came out this week. You were pretty critical of your opponent, Representative Sue Shearer, related to the investigation of House Speaker Mike Madigan. What what is it uh, that that you are are calling? for her to do we would just like for her to take a stand uh it's been well known in in illinois for years and years and years that there's a, a tremendous amount of corruption and there's uh and it's been well been well known where the the center of that corruption has come from 
and nobody's everybody's kind of swept it under the rug for years and everything but with the federal government finally initiating an investigation and obviously coming up with a lot of uh, information uh, you know which comed has actually agreed you know that they would help them with in an effort to reduce their fine uh, this investigation is pulling up all kinds of names uh you know, the one that everybody knows is uh, public official A, which if you go through all of the information that the federal government's provided, it points a finger at the Speaker of the House. Uh, if you go on to, a, a, I guess you call it a website called IllinoisPolicy.org, you can pull up the list of known uh, politicians that have been exposed over the last two years, and it's absolutely incredible what you find there, what they've been arrested for, what what they've been indicted for, even though they haven't, you know, had the charges proven yet. There's a a lot of things going on in this investigation, and there probably are going to be a lot more names uh, exposed. The, The corruption goes level after level after level after level. It's kind of like a, an octopus with 4,000 uh, tentacles. So it spreads throughout the state, and it gets down to the point where uh, jobs are bought, jobs are sold, uh, projects are bought and sold, people take money for that, and, and the money becomes dirty. And if you look at the uh, amount of money that's spent by uh, Speaker Madigan's group and all of the political action committees that he is uh in tune with, you can see where all the money goes to. And, you know, we've just simply asked Sue, who has taken almost a million dollars from Michael Madigan of this money, where she stands in regards to uh, pointing the finger at him. But she, she obviously can't say anything. She's between a rock and a hard place. Well, it, it should be noted, if you look at that list of the people who have been indicted or charged, Mike Madigan's name is not on that list. He hasn't been indicted. He hasn't been charged with anything. Is it a, little, is it a little too soon to, to start you know, calling for, for things when, for a long time, I, I know a lot of people around the city have been saying, well, they've got him now, he's going down, but he's still standing yeah. after all these years. <laughs> well, he's, he's, a tough, he's a tough guy. He's probably one of the smartest people in the state of Illinois. Uh, he's an, an exceptional uh, attorney, and uh, you know if he is into this type of stuff, which it kind of looks like from the federal investigation that was done by uh, U.S. Attorney John Losh and his crew, uh, if he is involved with it, then you know there there's a there's some taint on all of the money that he's raised and spread throughout the whole state to ensure that they have uh, a group in the legislature that is so large that nobody else can bring a, a bill to the floor of the House. You know, with, with the majority that they have right now, uh, if you can have the best bill that would be the best for the whole every citizen in the state of Illinois. But if it's brought to the floor by a Republican or a Libertarian or a Green Party member or anybody other than a Democrat, it won't even get uh, approached. It won't make it to the floor to be discussed but, because but, but, he has. Let me ask you though: If Republicans had the majority in the House, would it be any different? Would Democrats have an easier time getting their bills heard under a Republican Speaker? 
Yeah, I really don't know. Uh, I don't know that it's ever been that way, so it's hard to tell. All, all we're saying is for the last 30 years, the control that Speaker Madigan has had over, uh, you know, there's only been like two years in the last 41 where he wasn't Speaker of the House. That's true. And and the control is uh, is just incredible. You know, what we're really trying to do in my campaign is get the balanced budget which is it's, it's in the Constitution. We're supposed to have a balanced budget, and we haven't had one for years and years and years. It didn't matter whether, uh, you know, we, we had a, a governor from the Democratic Party or a governor from the Republican Party. It's the House that brings up all the bills that does the majority of the spending, and it's out of control. Uh, we've got a lot of things, particularly in the area of uh, reform or ethics, that we want to really, really – push, and it, it would help control a lot of the situations that we're in right now. We're talking with Charlie McGorry. He's the Republican uh, candidate in the 96th House District race against Sue Shearer. There is also a, uh, a third-party Green Party candidate who has filed in that race as well. Charlie, let me ask you, since you mentioned the budget, and obviously we're in a situation right now where we've seen revenues uh, dramatically affected by the pandemic, by the economic shutdown, uh, and so we're seeing much less money coming in than we were expecting what would you do if if you were in there right now making decisions? What would you propose to to balance that budget? What would you uh, say should be cut, or how would we find other revenues to try to make the the numbers come out? That you know that's really a tough decision or, or you know tough situation we're in there, and it'd be a tough decision to make. Uh, a lot of the pork barrel stuff that, uh, you know, people commonly look at and go, boy, I'd really like to have this spent here at such and such a college. Well, possibly we could put that stuff on hold. Or, uh, you know, the if you got a project going on in your city where you have a new water park being built, uh, we could put some of that on hold, too. It, those aren't necessities. You know, we have necessities that absolutely have to be taken care of. And, and in regards to... Uh, can, can, can I ask you, have you identified projects like that in your district, in Decatur or in Springfield, that you would say we'd cut the funding for? Uh, yes, I have, actually. We've, uh, we've come up... We've got, well, I don't, I don't want to put them out on the radio right now because it's part of our campaign. Uh, but we will be approaching that subject very, very quickly. And it's, uh, it's just unfortunate. We don't have... You can't run your house your own personal house that way you can't run it with a deficit budget you know eventually you end up going bankrupt you lose your house you lose your car you lose your lose your friends and family but you can't run the state that way either as for uh, generating revenues uh, they've uh, done a fine job of raising taxes over the last couple of years with 20 some new ones and I think people are actually getting really tired of having their taxes raised I just drove through Missouri Gas was a dollar eighty nine. I just drove through Kansas. Da- uh, gas was a dollar ninety one. Not till I got to Colorado did I get ga- you know find any gas that was higher than what it is in the state of Illinois. You know, with a with a large gas tax increase that we had last year, which will be continued every year. You know, there will be an increase every year from now on until it's changed. Uh, my question is, where's all that money going? Yeah, you know, we well, have some of the worst roads in central Illinois around Decatur. They're absolutely horrible. 
Well, they just rolled out uh, today, in fact, uh, a multi-billion dollar list of infrastructure projects, such as here in Springfield, the uh, the transportation hub that they're going to build by our, uh, our our railroad tracks here. So so things along those lines to be financed through some of that, that funding. Uh, I, I want to bring you back sometime when you're ready to talk some more about those specific projects that you talked about. But before we run out of time here, I wanted to ask you about a couple other things. One is the progressive income tax amendment that's on the ballot in November, which Governor Pritzker says would bring... Bring in uh, another billion dollars plus into state coffers, but would actually uh, either hold tax rates steady or cut tax rates for 97 percent of us. Your, your thoughts on that? Uh, I think what he said uh, is probably improper. Uh, everybody I've talked to, including a couple uh, economists, have said that's not how it's going to work. What it will actually do is allow the state to be able to move that level of taxation down at any any point in time that they want to. So, you know, where it might only hit somebody next year that's making over $250,000, if the state's not, you know, bringing in enough revenue, then they're going to move it down to 200000 or they can move it down to 150000 So more and more people will be taxed. I don't think anybody, there'll be very few people see lower taxes. Let me ask if you about the, about the pandemic. What do you think of the governor's handling of this? You had actually contemplated a lawsuit over restrictions that you you thought were going to interfere with your ability to get the signatures to get on the ballot. Ultimately, it didn't it didn't happen that way. So you didn't have to pursue the, uh, right. the complaint. Uh, but what do you think about how the governor has handled this and uh, what should be done differently in how we're dealing with the pandemic? Well, I actually did pursue the complaint, and in the, the lawsuit that we filed. The governor and his law uh, group agreed that they had abridged my uh, constitutional rights, and they stated on paper that they would not do that. And they also had the state election board uh, chime in and say that none of my uh, none of my petitions could be challenged on the fact that they were collected during the period of his. Executive Order 30 COVID shutdown. So, you know, to say that we didn't pursue it is, is not true. We did pursue it. We did actually win two points, and they stipulated to them, and it was signed by a federal judge. So, yeah, and, and, and I apologize. I misstated that. I just meant to say that it ultimately yeah. it was settled without having to, to take the lawsuit all the way through. But yeah, it's so. Uh, but you were able to, to do it, and you obviously getting on the ballot. Uh, beyond that, though, what do you think in general with the, the business shutdowns that we've had and, and the fact that we've loosened things, but now cases are going back up again? Well, I know cases are going back up again. A lot more people are being tested. I'm not real sure uh, the quality of the testing. I think there's a lot of uh, false positives showing up. Uh, in the city of Decatur, I think we've only got six or seven people in hospitals right now that, who supposedly have COVID or who have tested positive for COVID. So we have plenty of ICU beds. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tough decision. That is a nasty, it is a nasty, nasty virus. I know that for a fact. I've done a little studying on it. It's, uh, it tends to mutate quickly and it, uh, it really hits people with, uh, COPD, uh, obesity, a lot of the uh, long-term deficiencies and medical problems that people have, they're very susceptible to it because their body's not strong enough to overcome it. Uh, Did you feel like the governor went too far with uh, the restrictions he put in place? No, I honestly think that to start off with, it was was fine. Uh, I think he did a fair job on that. There's there's just so many... uh, 
different ideas on what's going on with this. That it, it's tough to tell the the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So you know, I have no problems with some restrictions. Uh, I do believe we need to get our biz, our small businesses in particular are just getting killed. I uh, like I said, I've helped start four small businesses, and I know uh, probably a majority of the small business owners in the city of Decatur. And every single one of them is struggling. So we have to we have to find a common middle ground where they can make enough money to keep their doors open. Otherwise, you know, right now they're talking 50% of the craft breweries in the country will be closed by the end of the year. We're looking at possibly 85% of the independent restaurants being closed. Uh, that's not good for anybody. I'm almost out of time here. Real quickly, tell people how they can find out more about your campaign. Okay, they can, they can go uh, to my website. They can go to charlie at charliemagory.com. Uh, they can look me up on Facebook as Charlie McGorry for a House of Illinois House of Representatives. And if they want, uh, my phone number's there. They can call me. And that is, I'll be, uh, be more than happy to answer the phone. That's Charlie McGorry, M-C-G-O-R-R-A-Y. So when you're looking for right. it, make sure you throw that A in there on Charlie McGorry, Republican candidate, 96th House District. Really appreciate your time. Hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you. Have a great one. Bye.